Leah, I know how much you love spending time with the Lord throughout the day. Talk to me about the scene when you're spending time with the Lord. Yes, so my morning, I wake up, I hit brew on my coffee, and then the next thing I do is I light my candles. It sets a whole morning vibe for me. Mm, talk to me about the, the candle that you're loving right so now. So right now I'm digging this Spirit and Truth candle that is sunflower. It has a whole like summer to fall scent to it. I love it. Mm. And I love that Spirit and Truth candles each are created with a biblical attribute or truth with an accompanying scripture. Sunflower is gentleness and I'm just digging it. But I love even more that each one of these candles is made at home, poured in small batches with care and prayer in each candle they make. Oh man, so listen ladies, if you love candles as much as we do, check out Spirit and Truth Company at spiritandtruthco.com or you can find them on their IG handle at Spirit and Truth Candle Co. And right now you can purchase with the promo code TUCW, which gives you 15% off. So enjoy your candles, y'all. Ladies, welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This is season four. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiba? Oh yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's Let's go. Ladies, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with my dear sister and the Lord, Miss Leah Ross. And we are digging right back into Genesis. We have um, seen you all's comments, you all's thoughts, and we are grateful that it is being a blessing to you all. And so um, we're digging in today to Genesis chapter seven through nine, this narrative of Noah, mm-hmm. this narrative of Noah. And so we're going to be looking at this narrative. This passage focuses on the events surrounding decreation and recreation. And Noah and the animals are going to be entering the ark, the flood. The first covenant is going to drop down from God and the segue to Noah's sons repopulating the earth. And then we're going to see as well in this narrative that sin has consequences. God's judgment comes through decreation and his mercy is shown through preservation and recreation. And so, um, yeah, Leah, drop us into this sort of introduction of Mm -hmm. uh, these chapters specifically in 7, 8, and 9. Yeah, well, I mean, I think ladies, first of all, just buckle up. (laughs) First of all, because this is not third of all, yeah, this is not your Sunday school Noah and the Ark. This is like a real next level sort of deep dive into the narrative purpose behind uh, what we see happening. And so it's actually really cool because these stories that we have heard, maybe if you grew up in church from an early age, like really examining it once you know the 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 story arc of Christ like takes yeah. it to just a real it takes it to a deeper level so yeah yeah so in that we see in Genesis 7 uh Noah entering the ark and that Noah's righteousness is now played out through his obedience right God as we said in the last episode God already called him righteous uh, but we see his obedience and Noah is preserved through the decreation and then we see just a lot of use of numbers like seven and 40 and a, a, a lot of other numbers to really um nail down just the historicity yes. and the specificity Come on. I had to nail that. The ISIS. The ISIS today. Yes, 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 yes. Then Genesis 8, we see that God, at this point in Genesis 8, is when God relents from his act of judgment. And Noah turns to worship. And then in Genesis 9, we see the coven
uh, this curse on Canaan. And so as we're looking at the whole, like we're doing these three, seven, eight, and nine because they flow together. It's one story. As a story, right? And so what is the key takeaway from this story Mm -hmm. is that God is sovereign and he has authority over what he created. All creation is his and he is a just judge over it. He's also a covenant making and covenant keeping God. Girl, that's a whole sermon on that takeaway mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, glory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these key players and what we observe as we looked in the text. I hope y'all been using y'all's companion guides. If you ain't downloaded it, you need to. Okay. Who are the key players? God, Noah, Noah's wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. And then what's going on in the text is, just as we said, there, there is this decreation and recreation narrative. And then when this is taking place, it's before, during, and after the flood. Where is it taking place? On the face of the, the whole, earth. The whole creation. Uh, in the whole creation. And we see a little bit of specificity, as you're saying, mm-hmm. right, um, in, in the middle of the narrative where they land on Mount Ararat. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why is this taking place? We've talked about this in the previous podcast, and so we're just going to reiterate it again, that Moses is writing this to Israel And Israel at the end of Deuteronomy is coming out of wandering 40 years and going into the promised land that was proclaimed by God through Moses. So when going into the land that they have been promised, though God has given it to them, okay, they have to go in and possess it. And when they possess the land, he wants them to know that they are set apart because he has given it to them. They are to be set apart and chosen by him because he is seeking to reveal to others who the one true God, Yahweh, is to the nations. And so we've got some key verses in here that we're about to drop. So Leah, what's our key verse for chapter seven? You're going to be the reader today for the key verses. Okay, key verse uh, for chapter seven is 21 through 23. So I'm just going to read those. Uh, Every creature perished. Those that crawl on the earth, birds, livestock, wildlife, and those that swarm on the earth as well as all mankind, everything with the breath of the spirit of life in its nostrils, everything on dry land died. He wiped out every living thing that was on the face of the earth. Y'all, I'm laughing at the repetition. Like, he everything, wiped it everything, out. Everything, everything, wiped out. everything, 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 everything. Wiped out, wiped out everything. Okay, go ahead. He wiped out everything. Um... Only Noah was left and those that were with him in the ark. So, yeah, I mean, that's key verse because it emphasizes everything. Right. And the only things Mm -hmm. that were preserved Mm -hmm. uh, were those who were in the ark with Noah uh, and Noah himself. And I love, Leah, that we're we're reiterating that the Bible is a story about God. Mm -hmm. So the key verses are reflecting that. Drop us through to chapter 8, verse 20 and 21. Yeah. So key verse in uh, chapter 8. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. He he took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil mm. from youth onward. Mm. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. Boom. So there he is giving his promise yes. um, to never again destroy the earth Mm -hmm. and then last key verse in nine is uh verses eight through ten and i'm just going to read those drop them drop them right and um okay starting in verse eight then god said to noah and his sons with him understand that i am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you birds livestock and all wildlife of the earth that are with you all the animals of the earth that come out of the ark. He's establishing Ooh. his covenant. Girl, can I just say something? Because it just got a lumen to me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noah has these three sons. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't see this at first. Mm-hmm. The Lord is saying that he's establishing the covenant with Noah and his descendants. He has three sons. Y'all going to yes. see this pop down. Yes. That one of the sons started wilding out. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And he is going to be cursed by his father, yeah. but not by God. Mm-hmm. And these lines that come across mm-hmm. and the lines of Jew and Gentile, girl, by yes. 9, 8 through 10. God's covenant. Oh, my covenant. goodness. Yes. This is this is almost a spoiler to what's going to come in 10 and 11 <gasps> in the, the all so nations. Excited. Thank you, Lord. Right. Let's, let's, let's really like buckle into the fact that God covenanted with all three Girl, sons. Girl, I want to run and laugh around this table right oh, now sons. because it's in the beginning, yeah. even in Genesis, mm-hmm. that, that Jew and Gentile, mm-hmm. when we're following these threads, mm-hmm. it is not obsolete. Mm-hmm. He wants all people to mm-hmm. himself. Girl, bye. Come on. Mm-hmm. Give us our key words. And it's not breaking news when he promises to Abraham later in, in the 20s of Genesis because he did it right her. Oh, right there, okay. right there. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'll get into it. Okay, so our keywords, uh, you know, are, are paralleled in what we've already heard in the verses, uh, covenant and curses. Um, and the covenant... Um, the definition is binding or establishing a bond between two parties. And I think the curse is almost like the, I don't know if you could call the flip side of that, Mm -hmm. but this pronouncement of judgment. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and so... Not just pronouncement of judgment, but pronouncement of consequence. Consequence, okay. Pronouncement of consequence for um, the way in which one has um, stepped out of... God's boundary lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. Y'all, it, this is a story, so we have a lot of repeated words. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you would just want to run through them. Yeah, let me just go through them. We've got the ark. We've got the number seven. We've got animals. We've got male, female. Oh, we, we yeah, this sounds familiar. According to its kind. Mm-hmm. Where is that from? Mm-hmm. Okay, come on now. Um, day, month, year, flood, water, waters, earth. Mm-hmm. And then we see as... So, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, freeze right there. Okay, okay. Because I think some of these repeated words can become mundane, but drive home for us. Why do we... What is the point of finding the repeated words? Give me like... One second. Okay. Why do we look for repeated words, Toshiba? Yeah, because the repeated words are a clear marker for where the Lord is trying to draw our hearts mm-hmm. to help us understand mm-hmm. like that these things matter mm-hmm. and that he is not absent from mm-hmm. those details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the key words are uh, flags to show us what is this story about? Mm-hmm. What is God talking about? If you narrow down on one thing that is isolated, but it's not repeated, mm-hmm. you might be a little off if you're saying that this is what the whole passage is about. Yeah. But if yeah. you see the repetition, those are clues that this is actually what is trying to be, what God is trying to communicate through that passage. So that's why we find key words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Repeated words. Repeated words. Repeated words. And then let's talk about the attribute attributes of God. Leah, what are the attributes that we really like pulled out yeah, from this? Yeah, so in this narrative, we see that God is sovereign. He is over all of creation. Uh, we see that he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is the one who creates the flood, who subdues the flood, who, um, you know, uh, create, who is in charge of death and life in this circumstance. So he's omnipotent. We also see that God is omniscient. He's known from the beginning what was going to happen and he knows how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And so he is all knowing. He is omniscient. And we see that God is just. We see that he has to deal with sin. God is not a just God if he doesn't deal rightly and fairly in the with the consequences of sin. And we see also that God is holy, right? He ha- again, mm-hmm. he just the justice and the holiness go hand in hand. Because he is holy, he has to deal with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say have to as like he's bound he to desires. in a negative way, he but he's bound to by his consistent character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like if he didn't, then his character would not be consistent. And the moment God's character is not consistent is the moment that we stop trusting him. And so we know that because his character is consistent, it always will be um, that these things fit together. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that's kind of, that's where we see God showing up. That's where we see his attributes. Um, and so now, because this is sort of like a cohesive story, we're not going to do necessarily like section by section, but let's just flow through the narrative yeah. from seven ending with the end of nine about what we see as far as the themes. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, let's just go through the story and, and um, 
Yeah, looking at yeah, looking at the past and looking at what Christ has done to find these connection points as you're talking about. What are these threads that we can sort of see, and what is Moses trying to make sure that people hear and understand by the way of Genesis seven through nine? And so I think number one is um, he wants us to be able to see that there is a span of time that we're observing, right? We're, we're seeing that there is mm-hmm. uh, 40 days and 40 nights. And even in the text, it, it actually turns out to be a little bit longer than just these Girl, days. that's why I said this is not our Sunday school story. This is not just 40 days and 40 nights and then the joint yeah. was over. Yeah. It was a year and 11 days is what they're saying. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Hi- yeah. Histor- historians are saying commentaries are saying it's a, a, over a year and and i you know we're not gonna get into applications mm-hmm. yet but that's just where we are the, it's not just 40 days and 40 nights when you put all of those timetables together um from yeah. 40 to 150 and then another seven days and right. another seven days mm-hmm. right it starts all adding up and so that's number one the the span of time number two is that the ark was a means of preservation it was mm-hmm. a means of preservation god tells noah to go into the ark in seven one and so the ark is this point of preservation. We also see that Noah's uh, righteous obedience was evidence of what already existed, which was um, coming off of chapter six, right? Coming off of chapter six, we see that happening. And so Noah was faithful. He was trusting in his relationship with God and God's evident mercy. And so his favor and love was set towards Noah Mm -hmm. and God's heart is to preserve the righteous, right? And we see that right in the text. I'm trying to go there uh, myself in real time. But Leah, do you have the actual verse that you're trying to pull out? In 7-1? In 7-1. Pull it out, girl. I mean, he literally, the Lord says to Noah, enter the ark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You and all your household for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. So yeah. he gives him his marching orders. Yeah. Um, and Noah's obedience proceeds out of this call towards righteousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was evidence. His obedience is evidence of what already existed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And so now as we go into this. Uh, as Noah moves uh, in obedience, gathering not only the animals, but his family members into the ark, uh, the decreation jumps off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, the flood begins in the beginning of the flood, um, 7, 11 through 24 is really where we see this happening. the, the vast, it says the vast watery depths burst open. Mm-hmm. The floodgates of the sky were open and the rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And so that's where we get the 40 and 40 is that that's how long the rain fell. Right. But don't forget that there was a pre and a post. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and- it's raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And then it tells us what happens right at the end of 24 which is what you're talking yeah. about. The water and, surged yeah. on the earth for and 150 days. Everything perished. Everything perished, right? And so at, at the very climax of this decreation is the water sort of returning to this like pre-creation chaos, right? Like yeah. where the water's it's covered empty. the whole earth with yeah. no boundaries. Yeah. With no restraints. Yeah. It takes which us right is back. exactly what that chaos yes. was. Yes. It takes us right back to Genesis 1, that the, the earth was void and empty. You know what I'm saying? It's that emptiness of there is nothing that is in the waters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even in one, in back, I'm, I'm sorry, I flipped back to Genesis 1. Go two, back to 1 and 2. Then. But it says, darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. All there was was just watery depths. Watery depths. And this and dark, God. gloomy and- scene is what we mm-hmm. return to in the peak of this decreation narrative yep. right here yep. in Genesis 7. Only Noah in his little ark floating in the dark waters mm-hmm. and those that were with him were preserved. The water is symbolic of this chaos, chaos and death and judgment, mm-hmm. but also a divine cleansing and a preservation for 
the remnant, which is Noah and his people and yep. his animals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And yep. so yeah, and so really, the rest of like seven is just this playing out of like the 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 perishing and the mm-hmm. death that happens mm-hmm. through this judgment. Um, and then we have this hinge in chapter eight as we transition Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the hinge is god's remembrance Mm -hmm. god remembers right at eight one right at eight one right at eight one it says god remembered noah as well as all the wildlife and all the livestock that were with him in the ark god caused the wind to pass over the earth and the water began to subside now leah you and i were talking about this whole thing around remembering Mm -hmm. like does God forget things? Like, does he forget us? Coach us through God remembering. Right. His remembrance yeah. is action on his covenant. So, right, God, God, as we talked about the character of God, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And mm-hmm. he knows from the beginning and the end. And so he doesn't forget uh, the remembering of God is unique and different from human remembering because it's it's a it's a demonstration of him acting on a previous commitment to a covenant partner, mm-hmm. and so the remembering is is almost like um, you know how we were talking about before, like how our words fall short to really like grasp and fully mm-hmm. embody mm-hmm. God and His thoughts. They're mm-hmm. so transcendent, mm-hmm. and so it's almost like this is the this is the word that we're landing on, mm-hmm. right? And and these words fall short, but the 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 point is is that mm. he is spurred into action mm-hmm. based on a commitment to some somebody, yeah. okay? Yeah, and it's not necessarily based on us. It's based on him yeah. as being it's God. It's based on his commitment. His commitment. Mm-hmm. There's the hinge right there. His commitment towards a people. Yeah. So so he's acting on his promise to Noah um, from 6 and 18, and God yeah, is showing himself before, to be trustworthy. Yeah, the, go, go there. The go promise there. before, when he's telling Noah about what's about to pop off, yeah. he says in 18 uh-huh. um, of chapter 6, I will establish my covenant with you. You're going to enter the ark with your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives. Facts. All of this is going to happen. Facts. And he's he says this is going to happen so that you can keep, can keep them alive okay Mm, mm, mm. and so god remembers he's not just going to leave them there in this little boat to perish yeah okay facts facts he remembers facts he shows himself that's a whole word that god is not gonna leave you Mm -hmm. in your boat to perish (laughs) that's a that a that a that is say preach That's and say multiple words. Some of us need to know that God is preserving us. We are in points of hardships. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. a I'm I'm from the African American tradition. <laughs> you just gotta go ahead. Everything we ain't got to wait towards. Some of us gotta know. We need a right now word. We, okay? word. <laughs> we need a right now we word. Do. So we see God remembering uh his own actions toward his people, and because of that we are now entering into the recreation of what is going to take place. So God blows over the earth. His spirit is his breath, okay? And the ark comes to rest in the seventh month. And we know what happens with the number seven. It will go back to the creation. And on the seventh day, what happened? He rested. It is a not just a completion, but it is a resting, okay? And so that seven month, the decreation is complete. He, it is rested, the repetitive, use of seven and one are so symbolic of starting and completing. And then God restrains again, right, with these boundaries for the waters. We see that in the scriptures that God is going to restrain these boundaries. Mm -hmm. We keep talking about, I feel like this is like a an informal, uh, you know, key verse throughout every passage, which is the boundary lines have fallen yes. for us in pleasant mm-hmm. places. And mm-hmm. so this is another reflection of that, that God is restraining again with boundaries for the waters. Yeah. And I noticed like in the study, like there was all these resources that point to mm-hmm. just the parallel order of this creation. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we know um, in these key ways that this is a decreation and recreation narrative because of the parallels of the way it plays yep. out. The recreation proceeds in the parallel order that creation proceeded. So we got the water, mm-hmm. the mountains, which was the land, yep. birds, creatures and animals. And then the pinnacle man, which is Noah and his family. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see all together creation really bowing to this 
God, uh, to God's omnipotence, mm-hmm. just as it did mm-hmm. in the beginning. He is all powerful. Mm-hmm. He is bringing life mm-hmm. out of the ark. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we're actually going to talk about like how it is God that brings life yeah. out of the ark. He calls Noah out. Mm-hmm. And And then he commissions him. Yeah, he totally does, right? In chapters 8, starting with like 15, 16, 17, he says, Then God spoke to Noah, come out of the ark, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives, which you bring out all the living creatures that are with you. And he continues to go on. He names them just as what he's articulating in the creation. And then what does Noah do after that? What do we see him doing? After his commissioning, Mm -hmm. Noah worships. Mm -hmm. He worships. And our our work um, is not the first priority, but it is worship Mm -hmm. before we work. And we sort of see that. So after the commissioning, Noah worships. And the offering comes out of a place um, of Noah knowing from his intimacy with God what would be pleasing to God, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's remembering uh, the, the narrative that he already knows about um, walking with God, and he's just uh, playing that out and embodying that as he goes out of the ark. And so God promises in his covenant to never again use creation to wipe out creation um, he 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 covenants him. He promises that he says in twenty one when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma from this offering, this offering that was given, and Leah talked about that the last time. The difference between an offering and a sacrifice, right? Offering is not a sacrifice; it's a form of worship. So as soon as Noah worships, this is how the Lord responds. He says, "I will never again curse the ground because of human beings." Even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward, and I will never again. I love this um, absolute, this concrete language that God is articulating to us as his people. Never again, never again, never again. I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. And so this is pointing us right back to God's promises in his covenant to never again use creation to wipe out creation. The covenant is going to be a covenant of preservation. It is the only one that is created and maintained by him and God uh, between both parties. God is on both parties. Yes, God is both. He's not, it's it's not contractual with Noah at this point. Mm -hmm. It's not contractual with creation at this point. It's a unique covenant in the fact that it is God alone who is basically saying, yo, I'm covenanting with myself. Like, right. this is, it's not you. It's not based on you. It's not a performative thing mm-hmm. or whatever. And and we know uh, just the significance of that because we uh, fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. uh, God's people will repetitively fail to keep yeah. uh, their side of the covenant yep. throughout the rest of uh, scripture. Yeah. But in this unique instance, God is saying, no, this is on me and myself. And I'm yeah. saying that this is this is my promise to you. Yeah, which, it, which goes back to our, you know, what you were talking about in the takeaway that mm-hmm. not only is God covenant making, he is covenant keeping. Yeah. And so God speaks this covenant to Noah and his sons and it's going to be for generations to come and the implications are going to be for generations to come and so he's giving the commissioning um, uh, to his people as we move into chapter 9 God is going to covenant himself and then he's going to commission Mm -hmm. individuals in regards to roles and responsibilities. and Toshiba it's the same commissioning as Genesis 1 yeah yeah, Genesis 1, uh, not just Genesis 1, Genesis 2.15 mm-hmm. is specifically, which mm-hmm. was one of our key verses for sure. Is mm-hmm. it, it is it, The thing is, is that that's why it's one story right. and it's, mm-hmm. it's telling us a narrative. So Right, and I think it's telling us that God's plans haven't changed, right? Mm-hmm. He had to deal Come with, through. he had to judge, Come on. right? But his intention never changed. Come his on. plan never changed. His purpose never changed to have the earth full 
all creation, Come right? On. Full of the knowledge and the glory of God. Yes. Or what is it? The glory of God covering the earth as mm-hmm. the water covers the seas. Like this yes. is this is his intention. And despite uh, I, um, can I, can we say despite man's sinfulness, right? Yes. Like it doesn't thwart God's yes. plan. It doesn't. And honey, that is worth a whole worship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go find a track that illumines what is said in the word of God, because that is true. That is Nothing true. Nothing can change his and purposes, his plans. And I, it, you know, girl, I'm trying not to get into applications, but I'm trying to tell you that that is oftentimes what we can wrestle with as women like man is God changing his his mm-hmm. purpose his plan mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. he is the same yesterday today and forevermore that mm-hmm. is true and you can take that to the bank and cash that thing and that the plan that doesn't change is his preservation Come of on. his people of his okay. people of his people and to know that when you are out of step with his commissioning and his mission he is still not changing mm-hmm. He is going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my covenant mm-hmm. is going to, it is established. It's not going to be established. It already yeah, is established. It is established. Amen. Ladies, we're kicking off this season studying Genesis 1 through 11 and wanted to tell you about a great resource that you can use along with the podcast. Y'all, we are dropping a study guide just for you called In the Beginning. It's a great companion as you journey through the book of Genesis chapters 1 through 11 with us. You can access this free online download on our website, theurbanchristianwoman.com under resources. And sharing is caring. Use this guide and tell a friend or get a group of ladies in your local church and go through Genesis 1 through 11 with them too. We'd love to get this resource as well in the hands of more urban women. Ladies, please support us by leaving an iTunes review, hitting those stars, and tag us. Just tag us on your social media as you're growing in God's word with us and even using the resource. And let us know how it's blessing you. You can find us online at theurbanchristianwoman.com, on social media at theurbanchristianwoman. Even drop us a line, a DM, an email. Anything, girl. Anything. Yeah. Or if you're on Facebook, you can also leave us a message there as well. Just let us know how the ministry as well as the resource is blessing you. So anyway, take us to nine, honey, because I'm. let's talk about this covenant. Yes. Well, the covenant is established and it is an everlasting covenant for every creature mm-hmm. and every being on earth. And so yes. it's not even just for humanity. Yeah. But it's for every creature. Yes. Because remember, everything that had the breath of life was destroyed unless it was in the ark. And so this covenant is meaningful of, I'm going to preserve creation. That's it. And the and the preservation of his covenant through creation, it's a repeated uh, language of what is in Genesis uh, 1 and 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> is that he says to his sons right off of 9-1 he says be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth the fear and terror of you will be in every living creature which that is something that is different mm-hmm. right coming mm-hmm. post fall that fear and terror of you will be in every living creature on the earth mm-hmm. every bird of the sky every creature that crawls on the ground and all the fish of the sea he's saying I'm giving you dominion mm-hmm. there is nothing that is different from what I said mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. They are placed under your authority. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unique the way that God creates a preservation for uh, this covenant promise to, to creatures, his animals, that they would not be destroyed. Mm-hmm. That, that intrinsic fear is because they will now pursue um, mankind will now pursue animals for sacrifice yep. and for eating. Yep. And so there's almost this preservation of, okay, this is not going to go flail out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there will be this this tension and this running from, and, and even that is like a form of God's protection over creation, yeah. creatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so now we see that God sets this bow mm-hmm. as a sign for his remembrance. Mm-hmm. And Well, we got to back up though. We got to back up. Number one, one, we see the uh, commissioning and the establishing of the covenant, but we also see this caveat of what he says yes. in four and five. Don't mm-hmm. miss it. Mm-hmm. 
He says, however, you must not eat meat with his lifeblood in it because in five, I will require a penalty for your lifeblood. I will require it from any animal and from any human. If someone murders a fellow human, I will require that person's life. Now, this is something that is different in the recreation because now that God is making known to them uh, that number one, he is establishing a covenant with them. That's number one. Mm -hmm. But number two, that he's establishing the, a covenant through Noah because he knows that the human heart is sinful and mm -hmm. evil mm -hmm. even from its youth. And so he's saying that doesn't come Without sacrifice, right. though. And actually, I think that it... And um, lifeblood in particular. Lifeblood. Yeah, I think that the phrasing is new, but the echo is the same because this is coming from the place in God's heart where man is created in God's image. So it's yeah. really a re-emphasis of man is created in my, in my image, mm -hmm. God says. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just be just chopping off image bears left and right without yeah. consequence. Yeah. And so it's a doubling down of this or almost a reminder of, no, no, remember that all men are created in my image. And so there will be consequence for the snuffing out of an image bearer. And so he's setting that groundwork as a principle for how they move forward from mm -hmm, this point. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact also, as you continue to go through it, he's, he's laying the groundwork and then he is going to say over and over and over as a key word and repeated word, I'm establishing a covenant. I'm yep. establishing, I'm establishing this covenant. I'm, and, and, it, and then it goes on to say, not only am I establishing it, and Leah was talking about this as well, she and I, as we were chatting, that it's an established covenant, it's an everlasting covenant, mm -hmm. and it's for every human being. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's threefold right there in my yes. Baptist E language, <laughs> okay? It's, it's established, it's everlasting, and it's for every human being. Mm -hmm. And so we see as he establishes this, this covenant, what is he giving as a remembrance? Yeah, he sets the bow for his remembrance. And um, he sets it there as a promissory note. Ooh, talk about promissory notes, all our, all our people who went to college. Come as on, a sign and a seal. <laughs> right? So of the action. And the mm. action is mercy his mm. mercy that he will never again Praise destroy the, the earth with the waters come on now mm -hmm. his mercy is more girl get it get it yes. get it that mercy he's making this sign um it's between god and every living creature mm -hmm. for all future generations mm. So whenever we see, well, actually, what's crazy, Tashiba, is God crazy. says, whenever I see. Whenever you see. Tell me about it. Whenever I look at it, God says, I will remember the permanent covenant between God and all the living creatures on earth. Mm -hmm. In 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And a covenant for all future generations. Yes. Yes. Mm, mm, yes. Mm, mm. And so, yeah, it's this act, it's this promise of his mercy uh, preserved towards us. Mm -hmm. And so off of the heels of that, mm. we have the jump off after they exit the ark. They exit. What's the jump off? The, the jump off is that sin is about to jump off. That's the jump off. They exit. They've been worshiping. Like, Y'all ever been... get in the story and you're like, oh, again? Like, this is the rep the repetition. Yes, 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 girl. As soon Here as we they, go again. Yep. As soon as they jump off this, this ark, God, of course, has established his covenant. And they, I mean, like, this is a this is a high point, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we coming down to the <laughs> to the resolution, and the resolution is sin. Mm -hmm. um, and so we get right in here to this um, situation that takes place with Noah and his family, right? Noah is uh, at the crib um, on the land, and <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He at the crib on the land. And um, what happens is he gets drunk. He, be he becomes drunk and he uncovers himself in his tent. 
And so we see, number one, Noah's heart is wandering because he just done went too far with what he doing, just like all of us are prone to wander, okay? Just when we think that we like, oh, yes, Noah, we be like, oh, no, Noah. You know what I'm saying? That's literally how it was. It was like climax, and then it was like the drop off. And so Noah has uncovered himself in the tent, but what happens is with his three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, Ham goes into the tent and um, Ham sees his father just naked. And instead of covering him, he dishonors him by coming out of the tent and articulating to his brothers what he saw. Y'all, y'all understand this whole narrative of sin? Mm -hmm. See? Mm-hmm. Desire, mm-hmm. and then you take, mm-hmm. you take it, you take it, you take. Mm-hmm. And so he takes by articulating to his brother yeah. the father's nakedness, mm-hmm. and his brothers operate in juxtaposition to this because they know that this is out of step of the boundaries that God has placed for us and how we honor mm-hmm. our parents. And, and so, even in the taking, Tashiba, I feel like the taking is okay. also taking of that honor that honor and the respect that's due to his father yes right this position of honor and authority and he takes something uh, he takes privacy yes he takes dignity yes and the taking and and again like man the come on say it the collateral damage the collateral damage the taking is never just a personal thing there's always communal implications to your sin and so yes there this is this is what happens here right yeah there's a taking Mm -hmm. and and noah is exposed and he's angered and he responds um justly yeah yeah so we see him dishonoring his father by articulating to his brothers what he saw with this lack of dignity Mm -hmm. as you were saying but then we see the juxtaposition to these two brothers and how they actually look at what it says in 23 first of all they they start walking backwards they take this cloak they place it over both of their shoulders. It's like the visual of this mm-hmm. in my mind is like, mm-hmm. what? They're walking backwards and they cover their father's nakedness mm-hmm. and their faces were turned away and they did not see their father naked. And so honoring their father by covering him even in his folly. And what we see is once the father awakens, right? Once he awakens from his folly of drinking too much, we've all probably been there at one point or another. If you have not, praise the Lord for you. But I am one of those who has done too much. And when you come out of that, he has awoken. And chapter nine sort of closes this way of like it not being absent or out of step with the story already being told, which is what we see. Just as Cain and Abel had these two different, that we saw those two parallel lines coming out, mm-hmm. we're going to see that with Canaan and his descendants, three generations out, being cursed by Noah as a father because of what his son has done in uncovering um, and exposing his folly. And then we see Shem um, as the youngest seed being blessed by his father. That's how it closed is out in chapter nine. It says, he also said, this being Noah, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Let Canaan be Shem's slave. Let God extend Japheth. Let Japheth dwell in the tents of Shem. I mean, like Shem is getting some double portion blessing. And then let Canaan be Shem's slave. And then of course, it follows going back to that sort of narrative that we saw in five, um, that he lives, mm-hmm. and after the flood, he died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, talk. We're gonna start start transitioning to how then should we live in light of this as um, as uh, Christ is seen and revealed in the text. Uh, what do we What do we see, Leah? And what are these implications in our lives, spiritually, personally, and social, culturally? 
Yeah, I mean, Christ is our um, our preservation. <laughs> I know that's right. Our protection from the judgment of God, mm-hmm. and um, I don't. I haven't. You know, He is the lifeblood. Yeah, He I, is the sacrificial lifeblood. And I haven't, you know, un, like put too sort of deep of any study on this or yeah. whatever, but I, I just felt like there was such this parallel between Noah going into the ark, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then this time passing and then him uh, emerging to to new life and to new creation. Mm-hmm. And that in Christ, right, like we go into the death and resurrection of Christ and, and uh, we receive, right, that new life and that new creation. Yes, yes. So he's going into, he's going into the grave he is going into mm-hmm. the, to death to the void to the empty mm-hmm. and then he is arising with new life that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. and so um out of that like what are some of these implications for us spiritually uh that we see through the life of noah and what is god really speaking to us in this as well yeah some of these implications spiritually is that we see that god speaks and then Noah responds like it is a part of like Noah being uh, righteous, right? And him having the favor of God. God said, go into the ark. He goes into the ark. God says, come out of the ark. He comes out of the ark. And him, uh, that narrative of him walking with God, mm-hmm. it's the worship that precedes work. Uh oh, in, in real time. In real time. Talk to I'm me about like- it. The level of obedience yes. from this cat right here. Right. Who was shut up in an ark for, for a, a year. year. It, come on. And some change. I was trying to wait for that social culturally, but go ahead and talk about but it. But listen to this. Talk to me. The fact that even after he fulfilled this part of taking the animals into the ark, yeah. he did not exit until he heard the word from God. Even though, mm. in fact... Oh, you better come in here. Even though he saw through the sending out of the dove... Yes. ...that the land had returned land. Yeah. and the, there was dry land to be had. Yeah. Even then, he did not come out of the ark mm. until God said, come, come on out. out. What's, what? Tell me, bring that down to layman's terms and how then should we live in light of this? Because I know where you're going, but go on and talk about it. I feel like I rem- there was a song that was like, I'm not taking another step until you speak to, to me. me. And it's like this level of obedience of mm-hmm. even though I, in my understanding, I see it. It makes sense. I see the landscape. I see the dry land. I see that this thing is over. But I'm waiting for you to speak to me mm-hmm. and give me my marching orders to come out mm-hmm. because you are God and you are the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are in charge. Mm-hmm. That's that's a level of, of lordship Mm-hmm. that we give to God alone that that shows just the depth of our trust mm-hmm. and our obedience to him. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. like, Noah ain't perfect, but props to Noah because this is like levels. This is levels. 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 And are we, this is what I would even say some spiritual, uh, you know, implications are, are we, are we postured in such a place that God can speak to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that every time it has to be stillness, but I'm talking about the posture of your heart. Mm-hmm. That is what set Noah apart. His 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 heart was surrendered and postured towards the Lord that his responses were obedience. Mm-hmm. It was, I am not going to move until you tell me yes. like that song from I'm thinking about uh color purple uh speak mm-hmm. lord mm-hmm. speak to me mm-hmm. that like literally mm-hmm. I'm going to wait until you speak until you speak, speak to, to me, me. Mm-hmm. and that is hard in our culture today where we want right now moments yeah yeah, yeah. all the time we want the answer quickly mm-hmm. and we've got to sit and wait on the lord mm-hmm. now i'm going to maverick city music mm-hmm. but i don't need to you know what i'm saying it's, it's all the musical music about- episode this mm-hmm. is a very musical episode <laughs> but when god speaks or noah responds and i think that that's what you're talking about girl 
That is so yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. There's so much more I could like. I feel like even my that. soul is stirring. Yeah, but it's stirring. In let's that. move on to our personal implications. What are our personal implications in light of this? Yeah, there is a principle of commissioning um, at the top of the year. Some personal implications, right? We see that Noah was in the ark. You're talking mm-hmm. about this. He he went in when God told mm-hmm. him. He came out when God told him. Mm-hmm. Right. And this real tangible reality of mm-hmm. he was there for like a year and 11 days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, how connected is that mm-hmm. towards us in knowing that we have been in a place Ooh. for about a year and a half? Go there, girl. Just go there. And it's not there. over. That's like a social Just, just go there. Just go there. Go there right now because that is so, like when, when, when that connection sparked. Oh yeah. It was real. It was so real. It was so real. There is, yeah, we've been in a pandemic for over a year mm-hmm. and we've seen God's preservation, but there is some real tangibleness mm-hmm. of like, listen, he has commissioned us. Even when we've been enclosed, if you were sitting in your house mm-hmm. being sort of stagnant and not number one, I feel like they're rolling on top of each other mm-hmm. that like, was God speaking to you? Could you hear him? Were you listening to mm-hmm. him? Because his listening breathes or pours out or overflows into commissioning. Mm-hmm. And as we go into a new year, uh, as, as there's a new year, a new creation, new time, the commissioning is still the same with the Lord mm-hmm. as we've seen with Noah, that mm-hmm. we are to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so yeah, God I has... Mean, cre- I even think about like as the world opens back up yeah. or begins to open back up in, in sort of the tail end of this pandemic, whatever that means, are we coming out with the same commissioning to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth? Are we looking for ways mm. to obey mm. God's commission? Yeah, and let me just lean into this too because we're saying, are we coming out of it looking for ways of God's commissions? That's true. But also the things that were exposed while we were in the pandemic yeah. inside the ark, mm-hmm. being preserved in our homes. Mm-hmm. Are, we, were, are we able to understand those rhythms and keeping some of those rhythms that God really exposed to us mm-hmm. of patterns and thing and rhythms that we need to lean into because yeah. God has created us as a people who reflect his image mm-hmm. in the rhythms. Yeah. And so, yeah. yes. I mean, that to me I'm like this is this is a sound ending place. <laughs> Because that implication is so, it just felt so really, really tangible. Once mm-hmm. we realized like, man, just some of the parallels that I felt pulled into once I realized how long Noah was actually in the ark. Oh, facts. I'm facts. like, oh, he was shut up in yeah, there for a year. <laughs> for a year, a year. And it's difficult to be in places. Yeah. And it is, and I started thinking about in the place for a year, mm-hmm. doing the same thing. With the same stinky with people. With the same people. Okay, come on now, somebody. Okay? You know, and I'm thinking about some of the devastation mm-hmm. of relationships of people mm-hmm. that I know, mm-hmm. um, some of the hardships of people that I know that mm-hmm. have been going through things in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, um, my commissioning, mm-hmm. my my commissioning and my mission for you is no different. Mm-hmm. It's no different. It hasn't changed. And so pray for us yeah. to this end mm-hmm. um, with, with uh, Genesis 7. Yes, Lord, we thank you so much that your word is more than a felt board in a Sunday school class. Your word is alive and active, is teaching and instructing us, and you're showing us things that have been consistent since the foundation of the world until now um, and will continue. And that's your covenant faithfulness, God, your promises to us, your promise um, of your character being steadfast and good. And so we thank you for that, God. I pray for for the women who feel like they've been shut up uh, for a year and some change now and and the questions that they have of just the 
the death mm. and destruction that it feels mm. like we look around and see, God, yeah, would God. you speak a word yeah, to uh, these women that you are preserving us? Yes, Lord. You are preserving a people for your namesake and for your yeah, glory, Lord. and you are calling us to fruitfulness uh, and multiplication where we are even now. Yes, uh, would you Lord. encourage us with that, God? Would you continue to yes, encourage Lord. us with your word, with your life, and with the hope of Jesus? Mm -hmm. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.